wonderful song. I've been hearing that for many years. I'll never forget Dennis Ponder, the Mount Bethel Baptist Church, singing that song when I was just a boy, when I was still lost and didn't know the Lord. Dennis is in heaven now. Um, but I remember him singing that song. had one of the most unique voices I've ever heard. And he'd sing that song with tears in his eyes every single time he sung it. It's a great song, and I appreciate the Lord for his mercy. I'd also like to answer the question to that song Kara and them saying, the answer is no. All those questions, and is anything too hard for God? No. That's the answer. Um, there's not a problem, the song says, that, he's, uh, that he doesn't have the answer to, and I'm thankful for that, and I bless his name for that. And um, I just love him tonight. I'm thankful to be back in his house and uh, for another privilege, and, or just for the privilege he's given us to come here. And I hope and trust that the Lord bless you for being here. I do not know when times of life are going to change and be different than they are. You never know that. You never know what tomorrow holds. You never know what's around the curve while you're driving down the road. You never, you never know the answer. Uh, to some of the things that may be before us. Uh, but what I do know is uh, the Lord has gotten great big in my life and in my eyes and in my mind. He has gotten great big to me. And uh, I hope he'll get great big to everybody. Just great big God. When he's great big to you, it's easy to answer the question, is there anything too hard for God? Now there are times when you're in the bottom and you think there's no way out. And uh, when he, he kind of, he don't get smaller, but in our eyes he gets smaller. And we begin to wonder, can he get us out of this situation or can he take care of this problem? Sometimes we even interject ourselves and we try to fix the problem. Uh, but he's a great big God and uh, I bless his name for that. I, I try to, I don't know how y'all do, I, I'm just talking for just a second, but I, I don't know how y'all do, but sometimes I try to picture him on the throne with the earth as his footstool. Try to picture him sitting high above the heavens. Not just above the earth. The Bible said he sits high above the heavens. And we have the skies of heaven. We have outer spaces of heaven. And Paul was called up into what we call the third heaven. And uh, the Bible said he sits above all of that. And the earth is his footstool. He's a great big God. He's a great big God, and uh, some days we have trouble trusting him, don't we? But what a great big God we serve. If you have your Bibles, the book of Psalms tonight, the book of Psalms. And uh, I told you this morning I wanted to go back to the Hallel Psalms if the Lord would let us and allow us to do that. And he is going to do that, but I'm going to skip a chapter. So we are going from 113 to 115 tonight, feel like. That's how the Lord would direct our hearts. Psalm 114 is a smaller chapter. Uh, it is an easy chapter to uh, expound, I guess. It is, uh, it is when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. It is their praise. It is their description of the exodus, of how God led them out of that bondage in which they were in. And uh, it is a tremendous psalm in and of itself. And if the Lord will allow us to, I'll come back there. But tonight, I feel like Psalm 115 is where 
we need to be. The Bible said, beginning in verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy, for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes, but, uh, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is every one that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You or ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he hath given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you once again for the day and for another privilege, God, to stand here. Lord, I acknowledge before you and before men that I do not deserve this great honor to stand in this great place. Lord, I am grateful for that that you have bestowed upon us. I'm grateful, Lord, for the work that you have given us. And Father, I pray tonight that you would just for a little while allow me, Lord, to uh, preach your word in the power and demonstration of your spirit. Use, God, the gifts that you have given to me, Lord, to help your people. I pray that, God, they'd be to your honor and to your glory. Now, I ask you, Father, that... You'd help us to see the Scriptures clearly, help us to explain them clearly, help us to worship you tonight humbly, and Father, we'll thank you for all that's done. In Jesus' name, amen. One writer said this concerning this song, and uh, I believe it's very good. I believe it was Spurgeon who said this. He said, should not living men extol the living God. Should not living men extol the living God. Lift him high, exhort his name, honor him, glorify him for who he is. Uh, it was said in the song, he 
Oh, He's done so much for us, we ought to recognize that He loves us. And certainly that is something that should happen. We have recently come out of the Thanksgiving season. We have now entered into the Christmas season. Retail stores entered into the Christmas season at the beginning of October and forgot everything else in between. But as we look at things and view things, we've entered into the Christmas season, having left Thanksgiving. But we know as Christians and as children of God that Thanksgiving for you and I ought to be on a daily basis. It really ought to be, uh, I, I don't know uh, what measure of time we should use, but it really ought to be uh, in every breath that we breathe that we are thankful and we praise Him for His goodness and for His love and for His mercy and His grace and all that He bestows upon us. But tonight as we look and we ask the question, should not a living man extol a living God? I want to look at this psalm and I want to see why it is that the nation of Israel would find reason to glory in the Lord, to bless His name like what they have done in this text. And as the last line of the text says, why would they just praise the Lord? Why would they glorify? Uh, many times the question is asked uh, by those heathen, as the Bible describes them in many places, uh, many times they ask, who is this God of Israel? Who is this God? Many in our day would argue and make the argument uh, that, uh, that Buddha is God and that Muhammad is a God and that Allah is a God. And the question then comes, who is this God that we are to glory in. Uh, the beginning line I love says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. But he said, Get glory to yourself. Don't let man ever be caught in glorifying man, but let man always be found glorifying the Lord. Sometimes we speak well of men, and that's good. I believe in giving flowers to people while they live. I understand all of that. But the reality is, Paul said, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And friends, you ought to put your name there and say, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Understanding that there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good. There's none that seeketh after good. We were all born in sinful flesh after the nature of Adam, and sinners is what we were and what we are on occasion. So tonight in glorifying, taking all the glory from men and making sure that we put that glory into God, I want to say, who is this God? He said, unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy true sake. Then he said, wherefore should the heathen say? I learned, I learned some history about uh, the Appalachian dialect in an article that I read uh, that Leonard Fletcher shared. Preacher Leonard Fletcher from uh, Mountain City, Tennessee. And uh, the, the, uh, I say that because of the word heathen. Where I grew up, it was heathen with an R. They were heathen. It is said that the Appalachian dialect is actually one of the oldest forms of the English language 
that still exists in America today. They say it was protected by the mountains because people could not get out and go and the city people did not come in and stay. So therefore, the heathen is a great example of an English dialect that still exists in America. Thank God for hillbilly Americans. Amen. Why, wherefore, should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. I want to begin tonight by saying this God that is deserving of our glory, this God that is deserving to be blessed, this God that is worthy to be praised is the God of the heathen. And they know it not. He is a God, when I say that, he is not a God that the heathen are worshiping. He is not a God that the heathen are recognizing. He is not a God that the heathen bow down to. But he is the God of the heathen. He is the God that doeth whatsoever he pleases. Amen. That thrills my soul Uh, to know that God is a sovereign God who does whatsoever he pleases. He does not ask me. He does not ask you. He does not ask the president. He does not ask the governor. He is a God that doeth whatsoever he pleases. It would help the church of God to understand that It is said that the word sovereign is not found in our King James Bible. It is said, I have not checked it for myself, but it is said that it was found in the Geneva Bible that the pilgrims were using when they came to America. I don't know if that's truth or not, but he's sovereign. And he doeth whatsoever He pleases. And because of that, he deserves the glory from his people to understand that while the heathen are raging, while the heathen are questioning, who is this God? Then you and I can lift up our hands and say our God is the God of the heavens and our God is the God of the heathen. He controls what they do. He uses them for his glory and for his honor. He is the God of the heathen. They're not protesting anything without he says it's all right. Amen. They're not burning down any churches without God says it's all right. They're not martyring any of God's men without he says that it's all right. Amen. Say, preacher, would God do such things? I look back down at your Bible to make sure it reads like my Bible. It says he is a God that doeth whatsoever he pleases. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Amen. Listen to what these gods, these heathen, 
are worshiping. Their idols are silver and gold. Their idols are the work of men's hands. The gods that they worship were formed by of the hands of men. I do not know if it was the very first time but Moses uh, upon the mountain receiving uh, the commandments of God and the law of God uh, comes down uh, and hears the singing and the dancing uh, and he's talking about uh, what a party's going on uh, and the wickedness and the foolishness. Uh, you know the story. He breaks the tablets. Uh, he scolds Aaron. Uh, he says, what have these people done to you uh, for you to put them in this position? And Aaron said, listen, uh, all I did was take up their jewelry. I took their earrings, took their silver, throwed it in the fire, and out came a calf. Uh, that's nonsense. Uh, the gods that America worships, uh, the gods that I worship, uh, the gods that are in front of you uh, have been made by you. Uh, they are made uh, to satisfy some need that we think we have. They're made by the hands of men. Don't you get sick of going in stores and seeing Buddha uh, sitting on shelves for sale? Amen. Get sick of that. But that's man made idols, man made gods. And that is the day that we live in. And it's not a new thing. It's been going on and on for centuries. They have mouths, but they don't speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. Hands, but they handle not. Feet, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. Listen to this. They that make them are like unto them. You know what a God is that cannot see, that cannot hear, that cannot touch, that cannot walk? that cannot do anything for you useless and dead and he said they that make them are like unto them but listen on the positive side of that text right there in those verses on the positive side I want to say the God that is the God of the heathen is the God that has a mouth and he can talk. I say the God that, that is the God of the heathen has eyes as a flame of fire. And he not only sees you in a physical sense, but he can see through your physical into the inner depths of your soul and know the very intent of your heart and know the very mind and what you're thinking. He knows when you're whispering. He knows when you're shouting. Why? Because he he can see and he can hear. He can touch. He can walk. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's walking through the valleys. He's leading his sheep. He is the God of the heathen. And he is the God of gods. The King of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. And to him ought to be given glory and honor tonight. We don't have a God. Listen, I think probably about three or four services recently, I wouldn't say there's in a row, but about three or four services recently, there's been a great response to the preaching and there's been people in the altar and they've been praying. Can I encourage you tonight and say to you, 
that there is a God in heaven that heard every word that you breathed out of your mouth. Could I say that in those moments when you were weeping so hard that you couldn't even get the words to come out, he still heard the words that you wanted to say. He understands the groanings and the utterings of our soul. He is a God that has hands to lift you up, feet to carry you, shoulders to lay you on, ears to hear and eyes to see. He is God tonight. Oh, Lord. They that make them are like unto them. The word I was probably going to use is their gods are dumb. And I'm not just talking about in an ignorant kind of way. They can't hear or speak. And the medical term would be dumb. At least the biblical medical term is dumb. They may not call it that anymore. But that is the medical term. And they are dumb gods that have no ability to communicate with you. Listen, I believe with every fiber of my being, this is the word of God. It is the Bible is the final word of God. It's what he has spoken to his people. It is his guidelines for us. It is his rule book. It is what we are to live by. But he still somehow, somehow guides us through a nudge of our heart and our spirits. I remember saying to a young preacher and he he was adamant. He, anybody that ever said God spoke to them, he wanted them to shut up. He didn't want to hear that. Because he knows that God's word is this. This is how he speaks. But he said right as he's getting ready to hang up the phone, he said, preacher, I want you to pray for me. I'm fixing to take a church and I really want God to direct me. And I said, all right, that's great. I'll pray for you. I said, but before I hang up, I said, I'd like to ask you a question. I said, where are you going to get the mind of God on that decision? He said, I hear you, preacher. I said, well, hear me close. Where God wants you to pastor is not written in the book. You can't find it there. Where God wants you to preach, where he wants you to go to church, it's not written in the pages of the book. You've got to let him speak through you through his word. But listen, there's a direction and a guidance and a leading of the Holy Spirit of God that we need to pay attention to, some discernment that we need back in holy men and women of God that they'll recognize truth when it's preached and the Spirit will identify with that truth and will glory in truth and in his word. Amen. I call some preaching today flash in the pan preaching. It'll light your fire for 30 seconds, but it'll go out. Amen. I'm just a little sidetracked right there, but I'd rather have a man preach me truth uh, for 30 days straight and never hear a sound back from the congregation as I would to have a 30-second flash in the pan message and it go away when it's done and me feel like I'm rock bottom again. He's a God. He's a God that speaks. He has a mouth. He has a throat to give noise. He has all of those things that, that we need in our lives while these silly idols has nothing. Now listen, your car ain't talking to you. It may tell you low on fuel, 
but it ain't telling you that you're low spiritually. God ain't, he ain't talking through that idol. You hear me tonight? He's not talking through. He's not talking through those things that we set up on pedestals and we make more important to us than anything else. He speaks through his word. He speaks through his spirit. Now listen, I, I want to be clear. I, I, I got to be careful because I, I certainly don't want to offend anybody, but you can't preach without offending somebody. God's not speaking tonight in audible voices. He's not speaking that way anymore. He may nudge your heart and move you in a direction and you know that was the Lord speaking to you or directing you, but he didn't say, Hey, John, come over here. And you hear that and respond to that. He speaks to us through is or if he was speaking to us audibly today then somebody would have every right to say i have a new prophecy i have a new word from god i have a new message from heaven but he's not doing that because there's nothing new under the sun he's given us all that we need in his word he'll direct your life on a daily basis he'll guide your steps why would he do that because his word said he would he said the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. If we're going to live for God, if he's in us and we're in him, that qualifies us as righteous and he's going to guide you and speak to you that way through the spirit. But listen, it ultimately is coming from this book because he is a God with a mouth. He is the God of the heathen. He is the God of help. Verses 9 through 15. He says, O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and he's their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and he's their shield. The psalmist said, ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He's their help and he's their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. He is a God of help. That song Miss Kara sings, Help, Lord. The psalmist said it in one place. It's exactly how he said it. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Have you ever been in a place where that's all you can get out? Is help, Lord. I've laid right there. I don't know how many times, and all I could say is, Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help me. It may be. God, I need help and knowing the message to give you people. It may be, God, I need help to save my grandchildren. Lord, I need help for you to guide my children in their lives and the direction they need to go. Lord, I need help pastoring these people. I need you to meet their needs. I need you to give messages that'll be a blessing. But either way, it's help, Lord. He is a God of help. And I can know he helped me because he helped Israel. I can know he helped me because he helped Aaron's house. And he helped all of those that believe and trust in him. He helped them. And friend, he's helped the preachers before us. He's helped the church before us. And we can know he'll help us going forward because of what he's done backward. He is a God that changeth not. He was a God of help in the Old Testament. He was a God of help in the New Testament. And he's a God of help right now. Listen, 
we ought to glory in the God of help. I got in the car this afternoon and my wife said, there was one song, she listens to music every Sunday morning. She listens to gospel music and she said, there's one song stuck in my head this morning and I played it over and over and over again. And she said it was talking about redeemed. And she said, and lo and behold, I know it, she said, I know it ain't the same word and it ain't the same kind of redeeming. She said, but the Lord nudged my heart about redeemed. And she said, then you preached on redeeming of the time and gave the definition of that word redeemed. And the Lord was just helping her and touching her. And listen, I'm telling you, God knows what you need how to help you. You may come to church thinking, God help, there ain't nothing in my life going right and this is wrong and that's wrong and I just need help. And lo and behold, God puts in Brother Matt's heart to sing your favorite song and the tears start running down your face uh, and you realize right then and there God's uh, helping you. Why? Because He loves you and He cares for you. The problem is we fail to glory in Him over those things that He helps us with. We're like, many times we're like that crowd in John 2 that believed as long as there was miracles happening but it stopped when the help left. And we failed it. We're like them, we're like them ten lepers. Got their healing and away they went. And only one returned. That's how we are. We failed to glory in God and glorify God and bless Him for how He has blessed us. Oh Lord, what a Savior we have. What a Savior we have. There ain't a perfect individual in this building. Ain't never been one in this building. I, I, listen, I've been here five years, and there's a ton of the stories that's been told for 40 years that I can tell them just as good as you can because I've heard them so many times. And that ain't ugly. I'm not being ugly, but I've just heard them so many times. <laughs> but there ain't none of them perfect either. They got, they'd get in there every now and then and shout it out and worship the Lord and you got to see it. There wasn't none of them perfect either. If they could come here right now and tell you, they'd say, they'd say, I had to call on him for help many, many times. Miss Linda don't get to shouting because she's perfect. She gets to shouting because she's called on him for help and he's given it. And she's rejoicing in the given help. Amen. People don't get to running because they're perfect and spiritual. Preachers don't get to preach off of pews because they're holier than anybody else. It's because they've been somewhere in a corner begging God for help uh, and the help showed up. He's the God of help and when he shows up, we ought to be the people uh, that would extol the living God. Uh, a living man ought to extol a living God, ought to lift his name and glorify his name and honor him. And listen, they said uh, that after nearly every line, they'd say, Hallelujah. Thus, Hallel Psalms. Did you know hallelujah is understandable in every 
language. It is a universal word. Hallelujah. I always think of the word hallelujah. I always think of Barney Five. Come out with your hands up. That's hallelujah. Surrendered. Praising. I got tickled. I better not say that. But listen, the reality is, the reality is, somebody said, I said something the other day, and somebody said, you do have a filter. Yes, I do. If I'd have said what was in my mind, it might have got me in trouble. Amen. But listen, the reality is that, hallelujah, God is looking to be glorified. He's looking to be magnified. You said that's vain. That's vanity. He's God. He does what he pleases. Uh, and he created us for his glory and for his honor. And he's a God of help. He's a God that helps you. He helped you get up this morning. Did you acknowledge him for that? He helped you get back here tonight. Lord, have we acknowledged him for that. Talked to my brother a little while ago. He said, Richie, I've slept about four hours in five days. He helped him sleep them four hours. And if he sleeps another hour, it'll be God that helps him sleep then. So what do we do? Hallelujah. Always get tickled at those people that speak in tongues. You can know when it's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, they recognize. I ain't saying them talking in tongues is right. We know it's dead wrong unless they're doing it scripturally, but the reality is you can recognize when they're going into a different place by hallelujah, hallelujah. They begin to glorify what they believe is to glorify. Oh, listen, how long has it been since we just glorified him for being a God of help, God of the heathen, Listen, do you know that tonight I'm not worried about the church of Satan? I'm not worried about the cults of Mormonism. I'm not worried about the cults that are out there, the cults of Buddhism and, and uh, all that. I'm not worried about all of them. Why? Because he is the God of the heathen. It bothers us sometimes to think that God is maneuvering and Making things go how he wants them to. But he is. He's the God of the heathen. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about some cult kicking in our door and saying we're taking over. Now listen, I'm going to go a step further. I'm not worried about America. I'm not worried about it. God's got Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi in the same hand. They may tear each other apart, but until God says so, they'll not tear America apart. Amen. If Obama couldn't do it in eight years, they can't. Amen. Amen. Y'all are right. God has got that. He's got the heathen. He's got the help. Our text tonight tells us in those last few verses, He's the God of the heavens. The heavens, plural. We've already talked about that. There's more out there than what the most powerful telescope on our planet has ever seen. There's more. There's more. He is the God of what we cannot see, and He's worthy to be glorified. You ever just look up at the stars? The wintertime's the best time to do it. 
go out on a cold night about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, lift up your head and watch them flicker in the clear black sky and just think, wow, my God made that. We do it. Some of you said it this fall, the leaves changing colors, and you say, my father did that. Don't we, don't we do that? He's the God of the heavens. Well, to glory. Let me tell you one of my favorite things is when the barren, dormant trees of winter are dusted with the pure white snow. And God outlines the mountaintops and he outlines the trees and he displays his handiwork at its best when that snow is laying across. How many of y'all have ever been to Dollywood? Have y'all ever been up there? Yeah, Arthur Mack said, yes, I have. He's been there. Amen. At Christmas time, they take millions and millions of lights and just wrap them around the tree, around their branches, around every little twig, and just wrap and wrap. Wrap them so well that when they're done, they have to cut them off. There ain't no unwrapping them. Just cut them off, throw them away. It outlines the handiwork of God. He is a God of the heavens. People post pictures on the internet that say, we saw soldiers in the clouds today. We saw a cross in the clouds today. He's the God of every bit of that. I don't know if he does it sometimes just to toy with us or whatever, but sometimes our imaginations see those things. It's the dust of his feet when you see it. And it could be whatever he wants it to be. Amen. If he wants it to snow in July, it can. And it will. He so chooses to let that happen. He is the God of the heavens. He is the God that sends the rain. I, now listen, I've, I've heard some of y'all say, boy, I wish this rain would stop. I don't want you to think I'm mad at you if you say that. But I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it bothers me to hear people say, dear God, this rain's about to drive me crazy. You forgot that last year we went through a drought. And the year before that was in a drought. And the year before that was in a drought. God sends a little bit of rain because we was complaining about the drought and we're going to complain about that too. He's the God of the heavens. He's controlling whether we get rain or whether we don't. He's controlling when the clouds roll in and when the sun shines bright. He's got all of that. I even went so far this morning as to tell you he decided when you'd be born and when you'd die. And everybody seemed to be all right with that. He's the God of the heathen. He's the God of the heavens. He's the God of our help. He ought to be the God of our homes. Isn't that right? I'm not going to preach on that because it ain't in the text, but he ought to be. He ought to be the God of our homes. He ought to be the God of our hearts. Friend, when God, when something as big as God moves in you, it's got to come out somewhere. It's got to. Glorifying him these people said, listen, the psalmist said, not us, O Lord, not us, but glorify thy name. Glorify thy name. Oh God, help us to understand there is a God in heaven who's worthy of our praise. The psalmist said in this psalm, like he did many others, we will bless the Lord from this time forth. And forevermore. I wonder how many of us have said that same thing and then we failed to do it. I have. 
Man, I'm just going to praise the Lord. He's been so good to me. I'm not ever going to go another day without praising him and thanking him for how good he is. Then something happens and the mully grubs set in and I'm just sitting there all pooch mouth and pouting and doing all those things we do and go through a day and we never glorified him one time for what he did for us. Never did. Friend, I'm telling you, the good in my life far outweighs the bad. The good days far outweigh the bad days. He is a God worthy to be glorified. The idols of this world, they have no hands. They have no hearts. They have no eyes, no ears, no feet to walk. But our Bible said our God walks through the heavens and the clouds or the dust of his feet. I love what Preacher Lockie said years ago. He said before he ever spoke his first words, before he ever said mama, in a physical sense, he had already spoke the world into existence. He's got a mouth that can speak. He said before he ever took his first steps at the tender hand of Mary, he had already walked across the Milky Way. He has feet that can go. He is a God. He is the God that is worthy to be glorified. Don't let us be caught up in glorying in ourselves and who we are or what we have done or even, or even in uh, who our church is and what our church has done. There's work left to be done. Work left to be done. There's time. Redeeming the time. But while we're redeeming that time, let's glorify Him. I heard this story concerning the message this morning and I did not relate it to you. If you could resurrect Cain from hell. Say, Cain, if you had a question that you could ask and know it be granted, what, what would you want? He'd say, I could just have a little more time. A little more time. Have, resurrect the rich man who knew what he had to do to be saved and to go to heaven, but the Bible said he walked away very sorrowful. Ask him what he could do if he, he said, if I had a little more time to make things right. But let's resurrect Abel, whom Cain killed. Say, Abel, what would you like if we could give it to you? He'd probably want just a little more time so he could tell others how good God is. Paul, what would you need? Just a little more time. Spread the gospel just a little bit more. Need to redeem what we have, and in that time, we ought to make sure we stop and glorify our Savior for who he is. I, I think I'm almost done with saying for what he's done. It's worthy to glorify him for what he's done, but I think it's time that the church realize that we need to glorify him simply for who he is. Who he is. It's needful. I've watched different preachers walk into different buildings and different meetings, and immediately the crowd gravitates toward them. They can't help it. They cannot help it. But men glorify in other men. Men glorify in buildings. Men glorify in many things. And oftentimes, we forget to glorify the God that did it all. 